Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. All right, you have to stop reading this. Secret series by Pseudonymous Bosch. Book number. Who poops? I mean, what? <laughs> what? Book number five. Chapter nine. Bloody fingers. Uh. By the time Cass closed the door behind the bedroom, she had hardly any fingernails left. She'd chew them down to the nubs. Two of her fingers were bleeding. Gruesome reminders of the ancient finger that had signaled the beginning of her last troubles. Her fingers hurt, but she didn't mind the pain. She deserved it. She'd never felt worse, never more guilty. She was the one who'd broken off the mummy's finger. She was the one who had encouraged her friends to sneak back into the exhibit, making it look as though they had stolen the mummy. She was the one who had betrayed the trust of Albert 3D. Never more anxious, she did not have the punishment that was in... She did not know what punishment was in store for her her friends and herself expulsion jelt jail time whatever it was not graduating from middle school was likely the last of it or the least of it never more afraid somebody had taken a mummy somebody who knew knew it was wait somebody who knew it was the mummy of the man who discovered the secret somebody who ruthless and disdainful the consequences of some the consequences somebody who very likely knew about Cass and her friends as well worst of all she Cass was no longer no closer to finding out the secret with the mummy gone she was further from the secret than ever as she sat down on the bed she looked up at the old photos and magazine articles that covered her walls they dictate dictate Picted disaster, destruction, countless varieties, floods, fires, earthquakes, explosions, storms, plagues, animal attacks, heart waves, and droughts, power and water shortages, war, famine, asteroid impacts, meteorite, the list went on, but nothing anticipated her current predicament. She spent the whole life preparing for a sudden, unexpected event over which she would have little or no control yet. There she was, dealing with the calamity of almost an entirely one of her own making. <gasps> Why did she have to break the mummy's finger off? Why did she have to insist on going back upstairs? Why couldn't she ever leave well enough alone? She, Cass, was the disaster. Instead of preparing for an earthquake, she thought, she should have been, pre- been preparing for herself. Her mother opened the door without knocking. Albert, she said, looking at not cast, but some invisible point of the distance. He's very disappointed with you and your friends. No kidding. He wants to see us first thing in the morning. What about school? Tomorrow is Sunday. Oh, yeah? Besides, you'll be lucky if you're allowed to come back to school. I told you we didn't. I told you that we didn't save it, Cassandra. Her mother slammed the door shut. Cass stared at it. Her mother had sat almost had said nothing almost all night as if she'd given up on Cass altogether. Cass knew she would have much preferred a good fight. She knew her mother. She knew her, if her, 
Um, she knew that her mother thought that she and her friends had taken the mummy. Where would they have put it? Honestly, if her mother had come right out and said, come right out and said so, then Cass could have defended herself and had the pleasure of being angry at all the horrible, unfair, and totally unforgivable things her mother said. Her mother's silence was excruciating. Fully dressed, Cass crawled under the covers. I would just be so scared they're going to sue me and take my house. Yeah, because they're like, this is, we're suing you because how much money it is. I wouldn't know what to do. I would be so scared. Fully dressed, Cass crawled under the covers, ready to abandon herself to tears and self-pity, but she couldn't. It wasn't in her nature. Unbiden, the image of Pietro, beloved leader of the Turkish society, entered her head. He always told her how much he believed in her, the secret keeper. She couldn't let him down now. Sit up, she told herself. You're a survivalist. Think like one. What to do? She pulled the abyss ring out of her pocket and put it on her finger, hoping that it might supply an answer. Just a short time earlier, the ring had made her feel so confident. Then there was an excitement finding the mummy. The one so-called Dr. Amun. For a moment, it had seemed like such a breakthrough that the man who had discovered the secret, what what could bring her closer to discovering the secret herself? Now Amun was missing. The ring was seeming more mysterious than helpful. It buzzed almost uncomfortably, and she took it off. What made it do that, she wondered. What did the ring have more definite, definite, definite power, a clearer purpose? She inspected the ring for the 10th or 20th time. There was no encryption on the inside of the band. It didn't say mummy with love until afterlife to death to us part or for the mummies or for thanks for the mummies or anything like that. Not even hieroglyphs. The, old, ooh, the only hieroglyph on that ring was the abyss carved into the blue stone. At first, Cass wondered if maybe it was a secret compartment under the abyss. Where'd they put the money? What do you mean? Where'd they put all the money? I don't know. They didn't say. I know. At the top of the ring, the top of the ring didn't screw off, and there didn't seem to be a latch or a hinge. Giving up, giving up on the ring inspection, searching through her desk and drawers, located a thin chain of her grandfather's had given her as a birthday present a few years earlier. She'd never worn it before. As a rule, she considered considered necklaces. She'd, she'd considered necklaces worse than frivolous. They were a choking hazard. But now the thread chain, the thread chain through the ring and hung through her neck. Far from a good luck charm, the ring was being, was beginning to seem more like a talisman of doom. A talisman of doom. But she had a distinct feeling. She had a distinct feeling that it was safe to keep up the mysterious gold artifact near her at all times. Okay. If you want to come look at this, Peyton, this is a comic book. Yes, I'm read it. Okay. Come I'm on down. Okay. Come on down. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh cracks my back a little. Ooh. Okay. 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 She's getting cozy, guys. She's getting cozy. Okay, and she's drinking some water. Sorry, guys. Oh, well, they don't mind. Everybody gets thirsty.
Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. She is no longer thirsty, people. Okay. Okay, you have to read you have to read everything. Okay. The rabbit, the cat, and the carrot. A look behind the scenes. Scenes of the secret series. <laughs> PB's office. After and after Max Ernest solved the hardest puzzle on earth and saved her life against you know and yeah wait, yeah yeah and saved her life against the odds Cass looked at him in the eyes and said quiet uh, and said quote quote Max Ernest you are a hero and you are my best friend and we funny forget everything I said I apologize oh he wishes okay ouch wait right it says ouchie I think it says like quiche quiche do you do you have that I apologize with a Z? Yeah, got it. But. Okay. But A. But A but is. A, it's not true. That never. That girl never apologized for anything. for anything. And B. B, the one who owes an apology is you to me. Okay. Is this because you cut your carrot rashes? I, cu- I cut your carrot, carrot rations. Rashes. That means he cut down on how much food he's feeding him. How would you like it if I stopped letting you eat chocolate? You were, you were turning orange. So it's my favorite color besides... You know, dot, 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 dot. Besides, how could any rabbit write with that thing looking, looking, looking all day? I'm a cat. And I have a name. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, that's right. What is it? Cacao? Cacao. <laughs> the cat says, Cacao. Cacao. And then he was, the bunny says, of course, cacao, cacao, rhyme, when a, yeah, rhymes, with a meow meow, gee how, gee, how I love the taste of my own fur. Okay, and that's what the bunny said. Okay. Will you please give this bunny a carrot already? But I just gave him what half, uh, uh, but I just gave him half of half my chocolate. How many times do I have to tell you? Rabbits don't like chocolate. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. I just don't understand. One word. One word. East. Easter.
One word. Easter. Easter? All those chocolate chocolate bunnies. Would you like to see yourself eaten in a jiffy? Every year, the hordes of... The hordes of ravenous children. Ravenous children. Oh, my God. Fine, no chocolate. But cacao... But quiche. Quiche. I was on roll. If you want a carrot, start typing. I call... You call that a roll? It didn't say... It didn't say... But I'm just saying. Yeah. I call it self a rationality drive drivel. Why you can't write a real book like like Oh here we go. Watership down again. Oh yeah, the cat says this. Mm. The only book he ever read without all the chewing. That's it. I'm leaving. Here, bunny bunny. Trust me, that never works. Please, cacao. Quouch, right? Coochie? Uh, please, quiche. Quiche. I can't write this without this book without you. Oh. So, quiche is the name of the bunny, guys. Oh, okay. Oh, so now he admits it. I'm begging you. What's all that? worth to you fine so then the bunny jumps into a very small hat and then the bunny's ears are sticking out and then he puts the carrots over the hat mm-hmm. and then what does that say again? it says quiche ah quiche and then quiche grabs it and he's like munch 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 bonk bonk because um the carrot Things the carrot tops fall. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what's funky. Yep. Bonk meow. Wait no. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, and what if I couldn't type? Would you just let me rot, rot in this hat forever? That's not fair. You know. You know I love you, little buddy. We've been through thick and thin together. And then he picks up the hat and he's like, and then the bunny says, Mussy, if you had it your way, I'd be starving. We both, oh. We'd both be starving. No, no, no. We'd both be starving if we... Don't fin- get this book finished. Remember, we were on the rod, you and me, and that pigeon you used to dust with baby powder, so he looked like a dove. <laughs> Face it. Cutie cookies. Quiche. Face it, Keech. Magic isn't our thing. We weren't any good. 
We threw the vegetable. They threw the vegetables at us. I know. I'll. I've never eaten so well. <laughs> Can we please go back to writing? You know why you're such a terrible magician? Because magicians aren't supposed to do reveal trick their tricks, and you don't tell me. I can't keep a secret. I can't keep a secret. Oh man! Don't tell me. I can't keep a secret. Well, at least we all agree about something. Oh my goodness! Okay, that's the end. Another very strange chapter. All right. All right. Oh, okay, don't lose the page. Bye.